Hello. <clears throat> Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina. Beautiful spring day. It's the Monday after Easter. So you got Good Friday, Silent Saturday, Resurrection Sunday. What's Monday called? That's your trivia question for today as you're logging on, as the audience is joining in from around the world. For some people, it's bedtime. For some people, the rooster has just crowed. The iPhone alarm has just has just gone off for the third time. You've snoozed all you can. Some people are just finishing lunch. I'm just finishing lunch. Holly left me leftovers. I'm working from home today. Got a lot of different thoughts going on today. But my first question, listen to this, Lisa, and thank you for the kind, respectful greeting. I really do appreciate that. Hi, Sonia. Hey, Jason. How's everything in Richmond? What's up, Julia? So the question, Julia just answered the question. I want you all to answer this for me. We have names for many of the days in Holy Week. We even have Palm Sunday, and then we pick up, we, you know, we have Ash Wednesday, Maundy Thursday. Now you're seeing some of my Methodist background that I know a little bit of this. And we have Good Friday, unofficially Silent Saturday, which can be the hardest part of faith, is... Uh, you should, you should actually study that sometime, how the women observed this, the Sabbath. Well, Jesus was in the grave, took the spices early Sunday morning. The faith to stay put on Saturday. That could be a whole sermon, couldn't it, Denise? Absolutely. Denise is asking a question. I want to interrupt myself. You can give online as part of our EFAM. For those of you who consider Elevation Church your church or you consider this ministry a well that replenishes and refreshes your life, you certainly can. There should be a giving option when you choose your location that says online, and that's for our EFAM. And it may not be exactly clear, but that's what we mean by that. So just letting you know that. Sharon, I'm so glad that you enjoyed Easter at our Asheville extension. But my question was, what do we call Monday? Because you got Resurrection Sunday, Good Friday. What's Monday? One person said Miracle Monday. Nora Dean said that Reverse the Search is one of her favorite sermons. That was week one of our Seven Mile Miracle series, which was actually an eight-week series because that was our setup week. Then we did seven weeks, seven miles, and if you haven't seen the message yet, go watch it online because I talked about, are you ready? Round Trip Resurrection. All right. What comes into your life looking like suffering will look like glory on the next seven miles. It's a word God gave me, and I really fought for it. Sometimes the messages seem to download themselves a little more automatically than others, but sometimes you dig. That's a creative lesson right there. Dig for the download. Don't expect it always to just be right there on the surface. Sometimes in our lives, we really have to think through things a little bit more. So... Blessings, blessings to Nisha, Nashville, Tennessee. I love Nashville. It's very similar to Charlotte, the Queen City. I understand that Cincinnati is also called the Queen City, I think. We're going to be in Cincinnati with Elevation Worship on the Outcry Tour. 
Uh, I'll be joining for five dates. Um, one is in Pennsylvania. Uh, one is in Raleigh. One is in Charlotte, right here in our own city, Queen City, and uh, Cincinnati. And I can't remember the other. But you can go to outcrytour.com and look into those tickets. I'm praying for you today, Joseph. God is with you, and you're not alone. So we're wrapping up an amazing Easter at Elevation. Hope maybe you were able to catch the worship experience live or online. All right, so what is Monday called? What do we call Monday? If it's Good Friday, now that we look at it in retrospect, we see the good in it. For Jesus, it was grueling, all right? But from our standpoint, um, what we received from his death led to resurrection on Sunday. So we look at Friday through the lens of Sunday, gives you faith to make it. That's for sure. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. And uh, we know that. But what is Monday called? Because the tomb is still empty on Monday. And Jesus is still alive and the resurrection is not an event. It's meant to be an experience. So here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking about Psalm 118.24. And when I say that, you're like, you know, whatever. But if, but if, I, if I started singing, this is the day. This is the day that the Lord hath made, that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Did you sing that? This is the day. This is the day, need a tambourine, that the Lord has made. You might know that song. Well, that is the New King James translation of Psalm 118.24. I kind of like how it happens to be verse 24 in our English translation of the Bible. Because uh, 24 hours in a day, this is the day the Lord has made. It's an interesting little verse that the psalmist writes. I was thinking about it the other day. And God spoke something. See if this resonates with you, Shauna. Because Shauna says she could use some prayer right now. But let me give you an encouragement. When the psalmist says, this is the day the Lord has made. Everybody say this. This is the day. I think in the context of that psalm, Psalm 118, a lot was going on. I think it's a psalm that was written under duress. I think it's a psalm that was written out of desperation. You sing it, you know, this is the day, this is the day, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a very happy song. It's a very happy song. It's a very, very upbeat little ditty. But, you know, the time that it was written in um, was a time where the psalmist, I think, was discouraged, certainly afraid, and asking God for salvation. If you look at the next verse... The psalmist basically cries out, save us now, God. That's verse 25. So one thing that is so tempting for all of us, especially me, because I'm always on to what's next. Are you like that? Like, I finished preaching this weekend. We had wonderful worship experiences at Elevation Church. 
over 40,000 people in attendance physically and many more online and just a great weekend. And we still have some worship experiences left to go at many of our locations for uh, midweek, uh, like Lake Norman and Gaston and Uptown. And uh, you can check all that out, University City Online, elevationchurch.org, and find a location if you're in the area. But listen how the moment I finish my sermon on Sunday, I start thinking, okay, what am I going to preach Friday night? Because Friday night, I'll be in Chicago. And then um, what am I going to do on Saturday at 5? Because, you know, I finish one series, it's on to the next one. Or maybe I'm thinking about, oh, man, you know, at the 9.30, I didn't get to this part. I ran out of time. So here I am in a great moment on Resurrection Sunday. Many people came to Christ. Hundreds and hundreds of people indicated a decision to follow Christ on that day. Now, I don't know their heart, but um, God does, and it's not my job um, to know their heart. It's just my job to present the gospel as, as clearly and as compellingly as I know how, with conviction. God changes lives, not me. And God is the one who categorizes. And so I see this, and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. What am I going to preach Friday? Or, oh, I wish I would have done that better. You know, I'm automatically in what happened, what's going to happen, what happened, what's going to happen. So one time I was kind of vacillating, you know how we do, between regret and anxiety, um, worry about what's next, and kind of um, second-guessing what just happened. I was kind of doing that thing, and I thought of that little song, that verse, Psalm 118.24. This is the day, this is the day. That the Lord has made, I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Sing about it, all right? And, and I felt like God spoke something to me, or maybe it was just a thought I had, okay? I'm not one that really says, God spoke to me, because it wasn't some audible voice. But here's the impression I had. How can you rejoice if you're not in it? Listen to me. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You can't rejoice if you're not even in it. So God was challenging me to be present, to recognize him in this moment, and to not look forward to one day when, you know, or, or fear what's coming up, or look back with all kinds of lists of things I would have done better back then. You know, we can learn from the past, but we shouldn't live there. And God was challenging me, you can't be glad, you can't rejoice if you're not in it. There's power in, in presence, in God's presence and in ours, because God's presence is not the issue. He's with you. Right now, he's with you. Hard times, he's with you. Good times, he's with you. Failure, he's with you. Success, he's with you. Defeat, he's with you. Triumph, he's with you. He's with you when you're alone. He's with you in a crowd. He's with you when you're right. He's with you when you're wrong. The, the question isn't, is he with you? It's, are, are you f fully present and engaged? That regulates our experience of the presence of God. I believe that. I believe that. And so the challenge today is, are you really in today? Are you really, like, did you show up for Monday? Because that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's very tempting for us to kind of delay our sense of gratitude. I will rejoice and be glad when it, when it gets better, when it feels better, when it's over, when it happens, when it, but no, you gotta rejoice in it. 
And it can be a lot of different things. It can be confusion. It can be darkness. It can be tension. I want to learn, and I'm not there. I don't always preach from where I am. I preach from where I believe God wants me to be. I preach toward, I preach my way into the kind of person I want to be. That's, that's my philosophy anyway. Is to not let my current level of experience regulate my ambition. I, I want to press toward the mark, like Paul said. I've not attained all this. I don't count myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, I forget what's behind and strain toward what's ahead. That doesn't mean that I live in what's ahead. That means, you know, I'm in it. I'm fully committed to this season of my life. I'm fully committed to this awkward stage. I'm fully committed to this awkward moment, this weird moment, this hard moment. So I'm just trying to tell you something that I thought about. It, it, may, be, it may be silly, but the fact that I have to be in it to be glad that I have to, that I have to embrace this day and realize that God made it. But here's a question. I know that this is the day the Lord has made. The question is, what will I make of it? Isn't it? The fact that God made this day doesn't mean that he's already decided everything that's going to happen today for me. Like I'm some kind of robot. That can't be what it means. If that's what it means, then why am I commanded and encouraged to make the most of every opportunity in Ephesians? Why did, why, did that, why did that get in the Bible if God just made the day? Now, I can tell already it's going to be a bad day. I can tell already it's going to be a tough day. It's just one of those days. That's what we say. Yeah, it's just one of those days that the Lord has made. So if he made it, I can trust the content of it. You know, certain authors that I like to read, I don't have to find out what the book's about. I like the author. So I trust the author or I trust uh, the company, certain, certain music that I listen to. I trust the artist. I like their stuff. I don't like it the first time I listen to it. I listen the second time, a third time. So he made it. He authored it. But what will I make of it? Like, um, I didn't make this iPhone. I'm, I'm broadcasting right now into my brand new iPhone 7. And uh, I finally upgraded to the 7. It's a battery life thing. Just trying to get a little more battery life. But what I make of it, I could do a lot of damage with this phone. I could start a fight on a text message. <laughs> I, could, I could gamble away my children's college fund online. I could do that. Or I could read my Bible. Or I could broadcast to you. I could broadcast and encourage Rachel and Gareth and Denise and Isaac. I can encourage Mercedes. I can pick up the phone and talk to people all over the world about something just very simple. One Bible verse. That's my decision. Or I can watch YouTube, which isn't bad. What will you make of it? This is a pen. I know some of you have never seen one of these before. Okay. All right. Some of you only use your thumbs these days. People don't write no more. All they do is this. If you got that reference, by the way, you're my kind of person. Give me one of these. But look, I didn't make this pen. Uniball made this pen. I love this pen. This is, I have these pens all over my house. But what I do with it, what will you make of it? 
I could write a sermon with this pen. I could write a song. I could write a song that encouraged thousands of people. Or I can let it sit here, dry out, forget about it, leave it on the porch. Isn't that powerful that Monday is like that? That each day is like that? It's like a uniball? This is, this is the pen that uniball has made. It's got ink. It's got possibility. What will you do with it? It. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This trial, this conversation, this encounter with this random person, this frustration, it. What will you do with it? What will you make of it? What will you learn from it? How will you grow from it? Good question, huh? I feel kind of anointed for Monday. Usually on Monday, I'm like a little bit like, hmm, what? But I guess I got a little residual jet lag anointing. We were in Sydney this week ministering with the great Phil and Chris Pringle and returned home to amazing Good Friday worship experiences that our team hosted. And I thought the presentation that our team put together for Easter weekend was very powerful, very life-giving. Um, people just sitting everywhere in church, you know, packed out on Easter. Um, and I'm excited about what's to come. Um, I mentioned that I'll be in Chicago Friday night preaching for Pastor Bill Winston, Dr. Bill Winston. Um, please Google that because I don't know the website. I believe the conference is called Missions and Marketplace, but I heard it was open to the public in the Chicagoland area on Friday night. I don't know more details. I really don't. So I can't help you beyond that. But it is this Friday night um, as of the time of this posting. Um, I don't want you to show up later if you watch on the archive. And then uh, be planning to be preaching this weekend at Elevation Church. Um, I'm planning to be at ARC Conference next week uh, on, I believe, next Wednesday, in encouraging some church planters and pastors with our friends from the ARC, the Association of Related Churches. I believe you can find information about that conference as well if it's not sold out. Planning to be in Raleigh and Pennsylvania. I don't remember what city. And Cincinnati is our great elevation worship teams hit the road. In fact, they're hitting the road this week a little bit uh, to begin touring with great artists, uh, Jesus Culture, Lauren Daigle. Uh, you can get tickets for that. I think there's 22 cities, but maybe I'm wrong. And uh, be with Pastor Ron Carpenter in Greenville, South Carolina here in a couple of weeks and going to be at Elevation Church preaching strong this weekend got a got a message that's starting to starting to come up out of the ground in my heart uh, for this weekend so I'm excited I really am someone said it's not, it sounds peaceful behind me today it is it's beautiful in Charlotte it's like 80 degrees uh, yeah it's a good day this is the day somebody say this is the day not tomorrow can't change yesterday. This is the day. And God is with me in this moment. That's, that's a confession. God is with me in this moment. Well, I love hanging out with you guys. I would say I love you guys. And I do. I have love for you. But I don't know. I don't know a lot of you. So I love you the best I can through a screen. All right. Heather wants to know when I rest. Oh, I rest. I definitely rest. Uh, I'm taking it easy today, as a matter of fact, and taking it slow. But sometimes, you know, for me, if we could just talk for a minute, 
my best ideas come while I'm resting. Sometimes when I'm striving and overthinking things, I'm up here. And when I rest sometimes and I'm just like not even thinking, you know, something will come to me that maybe a solution or perspective, a lyric, a, a, a thought, a title, biblical insight, a way I can encourage somebody, an initiative, a strategy. Sometimes it comes when you rest. I always like to point out, I, I know I didn't make this up, but I don't remember who did, so let's say I did. But I like to point out how the greatest gift that God ever gave Adam was Eve, and he did it while Adam was sleeping. So some of the greatest things God gives you happen, you know, without your effort. I don't know how that works. Some neuroscientists can explain it better than I can, but I just like to think that sometimes God gives us gifts when we're resting. And uh, I'm not great at resting, though. I, I do it. But sometimes I can't rest my mind. Sometimes it's, it won't shut down. It's like get spinning too fast and got all this adrenaline. And so that can be hard sometimes to rest your mind. It's the difference between resting your body and your mind, huh? It can, it can be a little difficult. Hope you had a great Easter. Hope your church services were amazing, whatever church you're a part of. Pray for your pastor today and the staff and leadership of your church. I mean, we all need prayer. But, you know, on weekends, big weekends like Easter, there's like, there can be a crash factor. So pray for your pastors and leaders. I know they would appreciate that. South Africa, Charlene is asking us to pray for renewal of thoughts. That's a good one. Definitely. But, you know, that's, that's kind of like one thing I thought about when you said that. And uh, we pray that God will give you that gift pray for everything we can pray about anything but when Paul says be transformed by the renewing of your mind he really doesn't say pray that your mind would be renewed it's like he's giving it as an assignment do you know what I mean it's like praying for praying for oranges but, well you need an orange tree for that you need an orange grove for that um, you know what I'm saying um, pray for bread well we need to plant grain so when we think about our minds, we can't pray for a state of mind. We have to sow for it. So if we've been allowing anxiety to dominate our thoughts and our heart, we can't expect a harvest of righteousness. Um, it's yielded by those who have been trained by righteousness. And so that, that's a process that we have to go through to renew our minds. God bless you, Ed. That's awesome to hear 42 baptized this weekend. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes, somebody was just saying, um, shut your mind down like a computer. Oh, I wish it were that easy. See, I got a button on the computer, on the phone. I could just, but the mind isn't like that, is it? I mean, for some people, it might be that easy. Holly's a little bit more like that. She could just go to sleep, but we're all wired differently, so we all have a different process. And for me, I don't always know how to find that button. But, you know, it's all right. God bless you guys. This is the day that the Lord has made. What will you make of it? Share this video with somebody, okay? I thought it was a good one. Share it. Share it. Help me out. Make something of it. Hit the share button. Share this with somebody you know who needs to make the most of this day.